Hey everybody, this is Josh. And this is Brian. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Curious Continuum. This is the second part of a two-part episode. The first part was last episode with Kelvin. And instead of doing it in just one large episode, we're going to break this up into two. And so this is that second part. Is there anything you want to add, Brian? I think I'm good. Let's jump right into it, Josh. All right. And here we go. Is you have to be willing to take a risk and be willing to fail, to spend some time. You know, um, not counted as a loss if you learn something that way, right? And I know, like, Brian and I have talked about failure before, how it's where you learn the most from. And sometimes failure isn't failure, especially if you learn from it. Right. And so that's a, that's a, that's a reasoning thing that I think that everybody needs to kind of work on because in our society and especially in the United States, it's always that want it now, want it fast, and everything's mm-hmm. a success, right? Right. Yep. And I think that's part of the problem that with a lot of people are having. It's a societal want versus an individual need that maybe they can't, they feel empty and they don't know why. They're like, I have the big house. I have the car. I have this. I have that. Yeah. But they're not, but they're feel empty. So here's actually when we, when we, uh, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, like the, the portable skills, but it really is a self care thing. And I think it's some people, downplay the own importance of wanting to do something and making like actually feeling okay about maybe getting paid for doing something you love, but then also putting self-worth into the equation, you know, like, well, I guess I'll always be this. And I've heard people say that in their careers. I've been a consultant to talk to all different levels of people and organizations and stuff like that. It's like, well, I guess I'll always be this. Now, if that's what you want to be, that's a hundred percent fine. But sometimes it sounds like a resignation. And so giving up. Yeah. It's a giving up. It's like, well, I can never be this. I guess the question is like, what narrative are they telling themselves? It really makes sense why um, for some of the top leaders, they talk to somebody else because it helps them work through something, Mm -hmm. right? They don't stick themselves there. And we've mentioned this before on the podcast there, especially in the, in the era that, that all three of us guys on this uh, recording right now, grew up in there was such a strong stigma about talking to somebody mental illness and mental illness that kind of thing yeah even if it's not an illness just talking to somebody yeah (laughs) imagine that yeah especially as men it's like oh why are you talking about your feelings bro it's like because i'm feeling it bro (laughs) you're not you're not putting it down in that little box deep down where (laughs) eventually it rots a hole in your gut you know exactly yeah you know let me ask this question in the in the looking at let's say that you're talking about a self help kind of thing, and you want to port this into a side hustle to do it, why would people stop doing a side hustle? Other than like, um, man, I really want to do this. Is it really the self doubt that's driving them to stop? Josh, you want to answer that? Or you want me to answer? I don't know who does Brian want to answer that. <laughs> Quit doubting yourselves, guys. And answer the question. <laughs> Well, there's an example. Uh, I'll go. Yeah, so, go go first, Dan, and I'll. You know, if you, yeah. yeah, go for. Okay, I really think that more people struggle to start than they do to than they do with stopping. If they do stop, it's that they ran into immediate resistance. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I, it's really funny. I was thinking about this very thing last night. Uh, that resistance is affirmation. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Because if you were doing something that didn't really matter, nobody would care. Nobody would care. <laughs> so you wouldn't ruffle any feathers. You wouldn't right. have anything to fight through. 
it would just kind of be like, Hey, I'm kind of haphazardly doing this. And that was, you know, there's, it's no big deal. You know, you don't make any waves. Nobody cares about it. But I think that more people are afraid to start. What I see is more people are afraid to give themselves permission to dream because they expect disappointment Hmm. and they expect defeat in it. So they don't let themselves dream because for them, it feels easier not to dream than to dream and fail. But we have to redefine failure uh, in everything, really, because failure is when we quit, not when we fall. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's actually, um, there was a, a, I think a gymnastics coach that said like, you don't ever tell your, like you don't focus on what you're not going to do. So like for like a gymnast, it's like, like don't screw up the landing. Well, now you're focused on screwing up the landing. Right. You know, rather than like going like, I'm going to nail this thing. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. just do it. Yeah, but you become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So talk about it from this angle, Calvin, because obviously like you've recorded a crap ton of people, you know, by being a producer and an audio engineer and things like that. Now, for those of you who don't familiar with a lot of recording in the studio for music, it's changed a lot, especially with a lot of home studios and things like that. Mm -hmm. But there's really, uh, when you get a skilled musician in and they hear a song, or they've you know, seen the chart and they listen to it and they play the first thing that comes out. There's really a lot of uh, magic almost that comes out of that. Even it might not be perfect, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of times it might be technically good, but it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's like, well, I want it to be right. And you're so concerned about getting it right that you don't ever do something. I'll tell you what, like, I mean, I've been there, oh, me you too. know? It was really interesting. There was, um, so when we podcast, we have headsets on, mm-hmm. right? And I asked this producer years ago when I was a young bassist, I said, I'd like to hear out of me that I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he said, I wish you played with more authority. Well, I would like that too. I'm like, why am I not playing with authority? He so first, first of all, I was like, oh, part of it was I was afraid to screw up. Mm-hmm. But then there was also a technical thing. Mm-hmm. It was that I felt like if I couldn't hear myself, I wasn't, projected out like in the front of house Mm -hmm. what was happening though is that i was so loud in my own headphones that i was like playing lighter because i thought like i'm like the bass is like freaking huge and like (laughs) sounding like an elephant but it really wasn't (laughs) and so when i actually like adjusted a few things i played differently because i I played aggressively and stuff like that sometimes i think in the same regard we are so tuned into our own voice that we're like man we're just like nobody wants to hear this or Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be overly demonstrative of something. But oftentimes, like it's only you that's your own echo chamber for that. You're the only echo chamber and it's just so big in your ears and you really have to learn like it's really not that for everybody else. There's so many things you have to fight to get to the place where you just, oh, this is okay. Step out a little bit. Give yourself permission. Yeah. I think out of all of us, Josh would probably be the most introverted of us all to be able to go like, you know, I'm not, you'll never see Josh DeGruy just take a microphone and a thing to go like, everybody. I'd like to <laughs> talk, to, have your attention for the next hour and 45 minutes just to, just to talk to you about not. things. No. Yeah. He's also not the one necessarily to want to have to shake 35 people's hands at any kind of party or something like that. You know, that he'll find me. Yeah. He'll find a groove. Like, yeah. I've talked to a couple of people. I got, you know, had a nice conversation with them and be good. In the narrative of that, Josh, like tell us, tell the people listening as an introvert, like what are the things that you do? To say like, because like some people like were interested, well, I don't feel the need to step up. I don't feel the need to do this. Right. And I'm kind of on the continuum where I'll 
somewhat extroverted, but I'm definitely more talkative than Josh, and Calvin's more talkative than me. So here we are today, folks. <laughs> so here we are today. <laughs> we call uh, you an the, the podcast. Yeah. An, uh, or omnivert. an ambivert. Ambivert. You know, a bivert or something like that. <laughs> Wait a minute. So Josh, out of the three of us right here, you're probably the most introverted. Talk to us about to step out. Doesn't always mean like you're out front, like waving around and doing stuff. Sometimes there's a quiet motion that you do if you're a more have as many things that you want to verbally say publicly or, or stuff like that, how do you manage that internally? Like what's the dialogue that you're having with yourself to say like, I need to go do this thing. Okay. So with me, it's weird because I do get into like a pattern and a rut. And I think as, as not even a rut, but just a pattern of doing things the same way all the time. And I think a lot of people do like we're creatures of habit. It's easy just to keep doing the same thing over and over but after a while, even for me, that gets boring. I really kind of like try to internalize a lot of things saying like, what do I need to do to feel just a little better? Because I've, you know, I've gone to a party or I've gone to out with friends and I've been that guy that talks to other people. And then when I get done with that, I'm like, that was a great experience. So I want, I want to capture that feeling again of actually reaching beyond my comfort, because I think that's important. Um, that's also a good portable skill to reach beyond your comfort zone. It also gives you the permission to start something new and also to try something that you may not be really good at, but maybe with practice, you could be semi-decent <laughs> or you can actually feel good about it. And sometimes you don't always have to do stuff that you're good at. I personally don't play a lot of sports anymore, but when I did, I mean, I didn't play a ton of sports, but the things I played, I wasn't always very good at, but I had fun. And sometimes I think that's important too in life. Like we need to not be so serious all the time and give ourselves permission to step out of a comfort zone. And if you screw up, it's okay. I mean, what's the first thing you do if you fall? You look around and see if somebody's looking at you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know, but maybe the first thing should be, wow, I fell, <laughs> you know, <laughs> now let's get back up. Right. You know, don't stay down, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, that's really what it is. I think as children, we are more prone to do it because we don't necessarily know our limits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't necessarily know it's really going to hurt bad if I like break my knee off. If I like drop, <laughs> jump off this house, it might hurt. It might not. I might be like Superman. You just don't know. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. Uh -huh. And we're going to do it right now. And I have jumped off house before. <clears throat> so it's like. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And More than once, unfortunately. And amazingly, we're all still here, here we are. <laughs> to tell the tale, you know? Let's talk about portable skill number one. And it's not even like really good at math, bro. It's really more like the portable skill number one is be okay with not being perfect, right? Be okay with failing. Mm -hmm. That's a learning thing. I, I take myself way too seriously sometimes. My wife, if she was listening live, she'd go, no, really, Brian? Or one like, of your kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to really work to not do that. Like people really don't care as much as I think they care and they're not watching me nearly as close as I think they're watching. That, that's a that's a learned thing too that I think a lot of people don't understand is that a lot of people just, they don't really care about that. Like that internal thing that you have, that internal monologue that you're having with yourself, they don't really care about it. <laughs> and they never hear it. No. Mm -mm. Well, I hope not anyway. Well, so- <laughs> Calvin, I'll put you on the spot a little bit, just real quick. So, Go for it. when somebody thinks of a pastor in in a, like a Protestant church, there's certain archetypes depending on how you grew up or what your experiences were come to mind. Yes. One of the, I think the the reasons why Calvin and I really connected well is that Calvin never tried to 
pretend like it was all together. To you know, it's like, hey, everybody, listen to me. I got something to say right now. <laughs> it was never that. What was nice about it is that like it it never was a requirement to even like be in the same room with him to feel like, well, if I'm not as uh, holy or whatever like this as it was, it was like comfortable just being yourself. A lot of a lot of people sometimes if they feel like they're on a stage of any kind, they feel like, man, like now is the time to come on and I got to do this thing and I have to look a certain way and strut a certain way. And you really start, you set the, the wrong standard, especially if you're in a role like a pastor going, well, the pastor always got it right. It's like, uh, no, they don't. Not even close. You know, so <laughs> you just heard it right here. Pastors don't have it all together. So if you have that thought in your mind, just go ahead and put that to the bed right now. The more they act like they have it together, more than likely, the worse it is. <laughs> so just 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 look at that with suspicion. <laughs> yeah. It's like the government, you know, if they act like they're knowing what they're doing, you better watch out. Because, you know. Oh, don't get started <laughs> on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So being afraid not to fail is portable skill number one. Mm -hmm. I think portable skill number two would probably be don't be afraid to fail and also allow yourself to try again. Because you said, Calvin, you know, it's, it's when you quit. Yes. Right? It's not the starting, it's the quitting. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. You don't fail until you stop getting back up. Yeah. Because, you know, what did Thomas, and, uh, Thomas Edison, he said, well, you know, what was it like to fail so much making a light bulb? He said, well, uh, you know, I, I didn't fail 999 times. I just found 999 ways not to make a light bulb. <laughs> right, yep. exactly. You know, and, and that, that was a mindset thing. He was determined to keep getting back up. Now, here's the deal. We know the end of the story. It sounds real romantic, but I'm telling you what, probably at about oh. 255, it's like, this crap is crazy. Why yeah, am I even doing this? Out. Yeah. So there's like a, when you ain't feeling it, what do you know is keeping you going? And I think some folks haven't learned that and that's okay, but it's important to go like, what's really going to carry me through this thing? Mm -hmm. When when life collides with you in different ways, you're going to find like, what do I really, what am I really like digging in here? You change a dynamic or the world locks down or whatever it might be, you really start to go, so why am I really doing this in the first place? It really starts to expose what your real motivations are. Is it something that I'm doing just because I, I'm afraid that this is going to happen? Mm -hmm. Or are you doing it because like, I really feel like I should be doing it? For somebody like Calvin, who's working and he's also taking care of people in a, in a pastor sort of way, he has to know like he's doing this because not only does he feel like this is how he wants to care for people, mm -hmm. but then also too, like he always got to feed his family and stuff. Like he knows that these are the things that he'll keep doing regardless of what the rest of the world looks like because he knows like, hey, this is what I need to be doing right now. And if you don't, we encourage you to take a quiet moment when you're away from parties and not being extroverted. <laughs> and those quiet moments with yourself, you start to learn a little bit. So yes, most definitely. portable skill number three is to um, uh, reevaluate and not make something your baby if it's something that's keeping you from moving forward in your life, right? Mm -hmm. I would call that a growth versus static mindset. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, understanding that in growth, whatever is in the way of my purpose and my passion has to be worked on, no matter how much it feels uh, interwoven into my being. If it's in between me and my purpose and my passion, I have to be willing to go through the pain of that process of it changing and, and being willing to tackle that 
and take it on uh, because we all have to come to terms with our demons. Really, a lot of the times it's our mindsets. We were talking about that. It's, it's our mindsets. It's uh, our motivation. A lot of times it's that we really don't have a why in our life. We don't have a reason that's transcendent beyond the immediacy of our feelings and needs. And, and I think that would be a portable skill, yeah. believe it or not. I think one of the greatest portable skills you can have is having a reason and a why and a purpose for your life that's transcendent. Right. And overarching. What you're doing. Yeah. Something that overarchs everything instead of the beginning and the end. Have like a way you're going to always have something that you're really passionate about that you really want to do and you find a way to do it. Absolutely. It's like a life filter. Right. And all the decisions you make are filtered through this. Mm-hmm. It's good. Makes sense. So, makes total sense. It's it's not like talking to Brian. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I tell you what, <laughs> the burn, burn, oh, feel the burn. I'm feeling feel, far. I know. Now I gotta go. You know, examine myself for the next thirty-five minutes to say, "What am I doing?" With Why my did life? my best friend just burn? Should I be me? podcasting right now? Podcast. Even know me. Why am I even doing this now? <laughs> yeah. No, that's so. A, that's a great uh, area. I think maybe to kind of put a comma, huh, Brian? I think so. So, Calvin, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah. So hopefully we can pick up a conversation again in the future. And so, like Absolutely. we do, we put a comma in the conversation here. So until next time, this is Brian, Josh. And Calvin. For Curiosity Continuum.